It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on this edition of Locked On Wizards, TGIF, we are ending the week talking about COVID-19. We've got Josh Kirby on the show as the host of the Kirby on Sports podcast is joining us to talk COVID-19 around all sports, Major League Baseball, Justin Turner, the World Series, the NFL, the NBA, and what it means for the start of the next NBA season. All those details and more right here on our Friday edition of Locked on Wizards. You are Locked on Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. TGIF, happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Wizards with me, your host, Renee Washington, as we have a chance to talk around COVID-19. We haven't discussed it enough, I don't think. Well, Josh Kirby is joining us on the show today, host of the Kirby on Sports podcast. Josh, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Renee. Thanks for having me on today. I uh, greatly appreciate the opportunity. I've been, uh, I had a chance to listen to some of your previous episodes and um, and I've seen what you've done on your Twitter account and your reels and everything you're doing a great job just keep on doing what you do best oh thank you i appreciate that i appreciate that now we can end the show after that comp that great compliment (laughs) 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 no i appreciate it i'm happy to have you on i know you're also out as you know as reporters podcasters show host part of the grind is just being out and creating content and great and creative and unique content i know you're doing that as well so that's Partly why yep, I'm happy trying to have my you best. Fun. Yes. Yeah, trying my best. It's sort of hard with COVID. It was re- really, really difficult uh, when COVID first hit to try mm-hmm. to find something to talk about. But now with sports safely returning, you know, we're still grinding, st- still working. But um, yeah, you know, COVID was tough with it. But I- I'm just glad to be gotcha, doing what gotcha. I love in my pastime is recording a podcast we've been going on this two years strong now so it's been really great I've gotten a lot of success a lot of big guests have come on and um, I'm really pleased with the amount of success and with the amount of listeners I've been getting but there's still more work to be done absolutely absolutely and honestly that is now is the time where you can be more creative in the storytelling and uh, find different ways to and different storylines and different aspects. So as you talk about sports safely returning, I do want to get into something that is still causing us a lot of issues and uh, cannot be overlooked. As much as we are excited for the return of sports, excited to see games, excited to see championships, COVID-19 is still fully in effect. And so starting in Major League Baseball, because COVID-19 is still affecting all sports. And that's something that we can't overlook. That's one thing that every sport has in common right now. They're all trying to figure out ways to work around it. And we know as the 
Los Angeles Dodgers won their won the World Series in six. The excitement of, of celebrating and everything was one storyline, but also within that storyline, I've got one person in particular, Justin Turner. We saw him removed from the game and uh, as he was test as he tested positive for COVID late in the game and then came back out for the celebration. Not only did he return, but the third baseman returned with took his mask off, kissed his wife, took his picture off. I mean, took his mask off for the pictures, excuse me, uh, after testing positive for coronavirus. I mean, what are your initial thoughts seeing that and seeing the, the uh, lack of awareness, lack of care, just true carelessness as he just tested positive. Now on one side, I understand wanting to celebrate the World Series, but on the other side, you just tested positive for COVID-19. What are your thoughts on that, Josh? Well, it, it was really funny because as soon as Blake Snell got pulled, I DVR'd the rest of the game and went to bed because ah. uh, I, I still no because I still work full time. I I have to make sure I'm getting adequate sleep. So usually what I do is rewatch them on the DVR. But for some reason, I woke up at 1 a.m. <laughs> And then I'm scrolling through Twitter like I normally do, and I see the Dodgers won the World Series. I was like, oh, go figure, because Blake Snell got pulled. That, that's a, another story for another mm-hmm. day. But, I mean, still. Uh, and then I'm scrolling through Twitter more than it starts to talk about Justin Turner, how he gets pulled in the eighth inning because he tested positive. Then, I, I, I mean, I was half asleep when I see that Justin Turner's back on the field celebrating and I'm like, wait, what is happening? And then the next morning I have to do more research on this. So I did. And my initial thoughts, Renee, to uh, sum things up. First off, why was this game played? If there was still a test waiting to come back, I, I, I assume with the MLB in order to keep things in order, they test the players at, before each game. And I assume if everything tests negative, then they're all clear, ready to go. But if there was one test waiting for results, I don't understand why this game was being played. I have no clue whatsoever. Uh, I, I understand it's the World Series. They're on a time crunch. They aren't implementing as many breaks for series switches from home and away stadiums. But it's played at one neutral site, two on, one off. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like, you could have easily rescheduled this and pushed back the series just a couple more days. But no. So my first concern, why was the MLB pushing to have this game played? And secondly, who let Justin Turner back onto the field? I I mean, I, I, I don't know who did, what the procedures were, but somebody in the Dodgers organization messed up. And rightfully so, the MLB is going in to investigate, and I would not be surprised if there are many fines handed out and if the person responsible 
for letting Justin Turner back onto that baseball field gets fired and fined because I, I, I'm being very calm about this because I just uploaded my podcast and I, I, I went off. I was fuming about it because that it's just uncalled for. I, I understand it it fans really want sports. I, I, I understand fans want sports back. And they're glad to have sports back and everything. But people, we're going through a global pandemic. I, I mean, yeah, it, we're fighting COVID off the best we can. There have been deaths due to COVID in everything in between. And Justin Turner, all he can think about is hoisting the World Series trophy with his team. Granted, I don't know the feeling what it's like to hoist a World Series trophy. Emotions could have been running high. Justin Turner tweeted out later that night that he was experiencing no symptoms and he was feeling great that he won the World Series. But Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is he tested positive for the coronavirus and he exposed potentially his entire team who knows if i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make assumptions here but if anybody else tests positive who knows if they experience systems uh symptoms or not excuse me who knows what's gonna happen and the the fact of the matter justin turner should have proceeded with caution and took these steps necessary to start quarantining it was bad enough that he got pulled from the World Series because there was a test that came back positive from him. But it made things even worse when he came back onto that baseball field. It was uncalled for, unwarranted, 100% not necessary. And I'm interested to see what the MLB rules on this situation. And I, 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 I believe there will be a lot of fines being handed out because somebody in that Dodgers organization did not get the um, message relayed and Justin Turner exposed everybody. But once again, I can't make assumptions saying if anybody else is going to get COVID, but you don't know. This is an unknown virus that we have been battling since March. And who knows? Exactly. Exactly. And honestly, longer than that. I mean, when you look at the fact that, like you mentioned, there's so many issues here and I know everybody's pointing the finger at Justin Turner and I agree he was wrong. Yeah, he was in a doctor's office uh, once they, they pulled him at the, after the seventh inning and was quarantining and then refused to stay and reportedly wanted to leave. And again, I understand that the Dodgers won their first world series since 1988. It's exciting. I get it. You know, it's, I've never, as you mentioned, I've never won a world series. I've never won a a championship at the professional level. I don't know what that feels like. You know, I've only won championships at the college level. And I know that was incredible. So I can only imagine what it feels like to win. So that moment they, you know, they clinch, they win the championship over the race and six. It's exciting. You've been working towards this. This is everything you've been training for and you want to celebrate with your teammates. I absolutely understand that but as you mentioned it's bigger than baseball it's bigger than this world series it's bigger than a championship you know and and when i i like did some digging and the reports were talking about how the players were going about testing with the spit tests that were being shipped out to utah and they were tested on monday uh the two or two the tuesday spit tests 
arrived in Utah and there was like inconclusive tests. And that was in the second inning that they found out. And then by the end of the seventh inning is when they found out who the inconclusive test was and it was Turner. But my issue is, as you mentioned, why weren't the tests done before the game? This, that part makes no sense to me. There's no reason why a player's test results should be coming out mid-game. And while Turner and the, and the game is going on, to say that, oh, during the second inning is when they received, Major League Baseball received a call that one test result came back inconclusive. Why? Why is that conversation happening during the game? Everyone should have been approved before the game. And if, if there was even one test that was still being waited on for the results, then that game should have been postponed or that players should not have been able to play and there's no reason why we should even gotten to the point that we did because when you think about it Josh I mean Turner was definitely wrong for going back on the field once you find out you're positive he should have stayed off the field taking his mask off is wrong coming back on the field is wrong not socially distancing distancing when you come back on the field is wrong but then also think about the fact that for the first seven innings of the game, for warm-ups, for the locker room, you know, all that time in the dugout, all that time, he was there without a mask around teammates, coaching staff, the Rays, you know, umpires and officials. There are so many people. We have no idea how long and how many people he really was in contact with. And that's the scary part about it. Like what makes it worse is you can you can look and say, all right, after the game when he, he runs on the field to celebrate, those people have been impacted. He's we don't know when he tested positive. Of course they had a test, they were testing them regularly. So you can kind of draw and it can you know make conclusions as to how many people were impacted. But we know what well, we don't fully know, but from what we have been told around COVID-19 is if Turner's in, impacted and been around two people and those two people have each been around two people who have been around two people. That's an issue. That's where, that's where the concern lies. We have no idea how many people have fully been impacted and, and infected and exposed, I should say. So right now, of course, we have the Tampa Bay Rays and the Dodgers both quarantining, but it's just a mess that should have been avoided. If, as you said, it started at the top before we even got to Turner receiving news that he was positive, deciding to go back on the field, who let him back on the field, why was the game being played? Why were the tests so late? Why were they calling during the game talking about the inconclusive test results while the game is going on? That's a bigger issue because right now, not everyone, and this is by no surprise, is taking this seriously and they're putting sports above the coronavirus, which is a great topic aside from just baseball. This is just an example of what we're seeing on a larger scale. Look at football, look at basketball. So many issues when you are willing to put aside the safety, the health concerns for the sake of the sport. And I love sports. It's pain. It was painful when sports were shut down. I hated it. But I also hate more yep. the fact that people's lives are being lost around the coronavirus. I know people who have passed away from it. It's not something that should be taken lightly. And yet here we have the biggest example of carelessness because of what? The championship. I get it. I get it. 1988 to 2020. But it's life or death that's terrifying yeah all great points by you renee i mean uh and i feel like that this goes all the way up to the commissioner of baseball because i i i feel like that there should have been some sort of communication between the front office of the mlb and the teams 
in Rob Manfred. And I feel like if that test was inconclusive, Rob Manfred should have made the final call to push the World Series back just to make sure everybody was safe. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, Major League Baseball is just one of many examples of how COVID has been affecting and impacting sports. So coming up, we've got to get into football. We've talked around how COVID-19 has impacted Major League Baseball, the World Series, Justin Turner specifically looking at his positive tests. Well, now it's time to get into football as we've been seeing a number of cases across the league. We'll be discussing that right here on Locked on Wizards. Let me tell you guys about Built Go. Yes, I have told you all about Built Bar, the delicious, tasty protein bars. Well, I want to also tell you about Built Go, a new solution, healthy replacement to help you break through those walls of the day, the times where you're tired, where you feel like you can't keep going because work is draining you or your kids are draining you, whatever is going on, you have hit a mental wall. Well, Built Go is a healthy replacement for your energy energy drink, but the energy is not fake, doesn't lead to a crash, it's last, it's natural, and it's healthy. Now, looking at Built Go, they combine energy gel with collagen protein. So it's fast absorbing, gets into the system quickly, easy on your stomach, loaded with all the good stuff that you need to get your day going and give you that extra boost. It's healthy. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. So you don't have to carry this can or anything heavy or that might spill. Nice, easy to carry packages that you can put right into your bag, whether it's your purse, your workout bag. And it's the five hour energy boost without the five hour energy crash. Three delicious flavors. I've tried them myself. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. I don't think it gets much better than that. So I want you guys to go on and check it out. You can visit builtgo.com. Use promo code. You can visit builtgo.com. Use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. So use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Washington host of Locked on Wizards joined by Josh Kirby host of the Kirby on sports podcast. Now, as we have been talking around the return of the NBA, it's only right that we look at the way COVID-19 has been impacting and affecting other leagues in their returns. We already talked about major league baseball. Let's get into the NFL specifically looking at this week alone. We've seen a number of positive cases that have come out. Now, I did see some numbers that that came out around the amount of tests. So since August up until October 24th, 
Uh, 55 players tested positive, 82 other personnel were confirmed positive cases, and over 500,000 tests had been administered between August 1st to October 24th across the NFL. Now, the NFL, much like Major League Baseball, we've been seeing the, the changes and games being postponed, lock, um, teams that have been canceling practices. Most recently, the Chargers had a player test positive, and so they switched and conducted all of their meetings virtually. Giants had a player test positive. That news actually recently broke as well. It just, it's, it's right now the NFL is in a similar path, I should say, as Major League Baseball of trying to play games, trying to continue going on as planned. I know I was just hearing news that the Super Bowl is expected to have fans in attendance and they're trying to figure out the exact percentage of, of number of fans that will be able to be in the stadium for the, for the Super Bowl if we're able to get there. But once again, Josh, another example of maybe some carelessness. I mean, what are your thoughts around the NFL's response to COVID with positive tests coming out? You know, we've seen Cam Newton and different players that have tested positive throughout the course of the season. We're only eight weeks in and we've had a number of games, players, teams impacted. Where do you draw the line? Uh, Well, that was left guard Will Hernandez from the New York Giants. Mm -hmm. Um, I really feel like the NFL has a better handle on this. Um, unfortunately, I feel like there's too much money at stake to cancel the entire NFL season. But the ah. NFL is putting measures in place <laughs> to make sure this season can go on. We have seen postponed games. We have seen Monday night doubleheaders. We have seen Tuesday night football. So we've seen it all. The last resort, the NFL will put in a week 18 if necessary. But from what I've seen so far, if a player tests positive for COVID, they're sending him home right away. They're shutting down the facilities, deep cleaning them and doing everything virtual, which Mm -hmm. is kudos for the team. Great job. But I think the NFL has a better handle on this. You saw in week one and week two when the coach, the coaches started wearing their chin mm-hmm. straps, their face masks as chin straps, the NFL cracked down and fined them big time. There's too much money involved for the NFL to shut down. You see uh, teams in stadiums as I'm watching this Panthers-Falcons game as we are talking. <laughs> um, limited attendance, so still. Some teams are letting half, 30% capacity, whatever the number is. So there's money at stake if the NFL decides to cancel their season. But still, uh, every COVID test I've seen, I really do like how the teams and the league has handled it, acting swiftly and in the abundance of caution to make sure everybody is safe and healthy to play and they have made adjustments accordingly and I feel like the week 18 as a last resort is great but I I, I don't really see an issue with the NFL because when you hear about these players testing positive teams in the league are acting swiftly to make sure nothing no further infection happens the Mm -hmm. players quarantine immediately they're placed on the COVID-19 list the injured list uh, slash COVID-19 and and uh, they're just getting it done and then they're 
performing tests. If anybody else was around them, they're quarantined and they, they just have to deal with it. And I, I, I mean, we've seen it with the Chargers shutting down their whole facility. No, the Titans, excuse me, shutting down yeah. the whole facility. The NFL came in and investigated. Uh, but yeah, still, I, I, I don't really see an issue because everybody's working swiftly and making sure there's no risk for further infection. The league's cracking down on face mask wearing for people not active and TV crews, nobody on the sidelines, just in the bleachers. And yeah, uh, that's about all I have to say on it. But um, the NFL has done a really good job from what I have seen so far. Yeah, I do like the way that they respond quickly, as you mentioned. You know, every time a player has tested positive, you also hear right away that they're shutting down the facility. They're not wasting time. Even around games, like when the Patriots-Chiefs game and and Cam, the news came out about Cam Newton testing positive and they were still t- running tests on the other Patriots players, the immediate response was, we're going to postpone the game. You know, and, 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 and we're going to wait. We're going to make sure we get everybody tested and then we'll go from there. All the Chiefs got tested, all the Patriots are tested, and then we're going from there. So I do like that they've been more proactive and not uh, just waiting and, you know, kind of trying to stay ahead of it as much as possible to also be mindful of which players or coaches or staff would have been exposed to the player that tested positive to also, you know, be more vigilant in getting everyone taken care of and checked out. So it does seem as though the NFL is being much more careful in terms of their protocols and procedures. Um, of course, the fact that the NFL is able to have, you know, pods for fans where they're sitting and able to still socially distance and taking temperatures coming in and out. I know even for Major League Soccer, that's something that I, I saw when I was uh, working the Major League Soccer games that, you know, you have to get your test temperature taken. They're, they're being very cautious and even making sure that if you're in a specific pod, a specific area of the arena, that's your area. You're not, you're not wandering around. You can't go wherever you want. You're limited to just your seat, you know, the nearby bathroom, the nearby concession stand, whatever it may be. Um, but there's not nearly as much uh, op- opportunity to walk around. So it does seem as though a lot of the NFL, on the NFL side, we're seeing a lot more and a bigger difference in how they are doing the right things and how they're going about making sure to react properly. So it is very encouraging. Um, I think the hardest part is the fact that there's so many players in the NFL, the end, and there's, you know, which is a blessing and a curse because if someone does test positive, you know, the game can continue. But then also you just have to be mindful if we do have, God forbid, a situation like the Titans, which they were able to handle, you just don't want it to, to spread and get even worse. So I do think they've been doing a great job of it. It's very, it's, it's scary because it is a lot about money. You know, as you mentioned, there's a lot of money at stake here. So they're trying to do everything they can to continue progressing forward. And I love the, the response for coaches that were not wearing their masks to find them and, and put their foot down and say, look, no, this is, we're not going to tolerate this. You need to have your masks on. We need to see you on the sideline with masks. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, an official and you're, you're saying the call, that's one thing you quickly bring your mask down. You say it, you bring your mask back up, but you're not just standing on the sideline around other people with your mask down. So I think they have been doing a much better job in responding quickly and then adjusting. That's one of the benefits though, of having football only be one game per week. As you mentioned before, in other sports like basketball and major league baseball, where you're playing multiple games per week, it is tougher to move games around. 
But if you're adjusting a game from a Sunday to a Monday to a Tuesday, you have a little bit more wiggle room to at least be able to get the game played. Well, uh, another thing, too, if uh, you don't mind me mentioning it, uh, I like the communication between the league and the teams because if they're in constant communication to make sure if they're going to postpone a game, reschedule it, or play it as planned because there's a game plan in place for each of these 32 teams in the National Football League. And if if a game gets postponed and moved, uh, that's more time to prepare. But there's a game plan, and co- uh, coaching staffs are prepared to play on that day. And they just have to make sure that um, uh, constant communication all around just to um, make sure everything goes according to plan. And um, they've been doing a great job on it so far. And um, I'm not sure if you heard, um, just to go slightly off track, Clemson's quarterback Trevor Lawrence tested positive for COVID that broke about an hour ago. NCAA policy, he has he has to sit for 10 days. So he can't play this Saturday and he has to quarantine and he can't be involved with anything team related for about 10 days. I actually missed that. I did not do that yet, but that is, I mean, like even when Nick Saban tested positive, they, they acted so quickly. Alabama got that got him, you know, retested every day. They worked him back. So it is great to see even on the college level, as you bring up, just how they've been doing a great job so far, knock on wood, of kind of staying ahead of it. And that's something that I know when I was listening to the different conversations the NBA was having, because for any indoor sport, it's going to be completely different. It's a different beast. You're indoors, which changes everything. You don't have as much space. There's not as much room to socially distance. Of course, even just the fact that you're inside, it changes the way that, you know, for surfaces and stuff with with germs around COVID, the way that um, you can go about even just having a, a normal routine of going to a game as a player, as a coach, whatever it may be. So I know Adam Silver has been talking a lot around the fact that he's been kind of watching what other leagues are doing to try to find a way to make sure the NBA can safely return. So I definitely want to get your thoughts. So coming up, let's talk NBA. What does all this mean for the NBA in their return? Now looking to have that tentative December 22nd return date. Let's see how this will impact, if at all, or maybe a lot of ways to impact the NBA's next season. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Renee Washington here, host of Locked on Wizards, joined by Josh Kirby, who is the host of the Kirby on Sports podcast. We've talked Major League Baseball. We've talked NFL and college football. How does this all influence the NBA? We know the NBA is looking to return back mid-December as teams are hoping to start back to training camp December 1st. Well, for the Wizards and the other 29 teams around the NBA, what does this mean for them? Well, Josh... Let's take a look at it. I'm definitely interested to know your thoughts. Basketball as a whole, it's, it's going to be very interesting. You know, when you look about, look at the way an arena is set up, the way that it's everything, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a different challenge in itself versus football, baseball. Um, so for the NBA, as they're looking to return in December, well, what are your initial thoughts actually on them? Instead of starting mid-January at the earliest, which was the original tentative date, now moving that up to December, and especially looking from a COVID lens, as well as just the fact that the season just ended a couple of weeks ago in, in mid-October, to now have the season start back, which will be two months later. And in that two months to have a draft, uh, some sort of a preseason, and start games around Christmas time. What are your thoughts on that, Josh? Uh, man, well, the, there's <laughs> way too much involved. We successfully saw the NBA compile a playoff bubble, but that's not mm-hmm. with everybody in the NBA. That's not with all the teams. So hats off to the NBA, by the way, because they successfully had uh, performed a successful playoff bubble and no positive tests. It, it, it was very good to see that um, they performed something and the Lakers winning the championship, no positive tests or anything. It was great to see. But with more teams added in a regular season, um, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, is it possible to do an East Coast, West Coast bubble? It'd be very hard. Mm -hmm. Or can you split bubbles into like four different quadrants? I, I, I'm not really sure, but I interesting I, I, like a northeast bubble, a, a southeast bubble, like you maybe split by region. So it's kind of like four different regions. Yeah, I mean that that I was thinking about it, and that might be the best way to safely return because I I know the NBA has enough money to start up a bubble to get things started safely, but you can't just have you you just can't have an east and a west bubble because right yeah because some teams go to the west and stuff so what 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 i'm thinking and still i mean i could sound completely dumb and i don't know what i'm talking (laughs) about but if you have like uh, a northeast northwest southeast southwest quadrant bubbles and whenever a team um has to travel to the west coast or however the schedule might get make made up i believe only one team should enter that bubble 
they need to get tested. They need to make sure everybody is safe because if they are not, do not let them in the bubble. It's, it, it, it's, ba- it's basically, you just, got, you just got to make sure everybody's playing safe. There's a lot of different factors, unlike the, uh, for example, like NFL. I mean, the NFL is right. sort of like the NBA, but the NBA are played in arenas and right. more, more risk for infection indoors. They're outdoors in the NFL, but uh, I mean, there are multitude of factors, but that was just one thing I really thought about the other day was uh, uh, four sections in a bubble, but I, I'm not sure how that would really play out if that would be effective because I feel like if the NBA just returns back to normal, going back to empty arenas, doing sort of what the NFL does, I think there might be a higher spike in COVID tests, mainly because basketball is an indoor sport. Yeah, that's my biggest concern is literally the fact that it's indoor. So everything's in closer proximity, the germs, you know, it just the way that germs grow, I guess you can say, and I'm not a doctor by any stretch of the imagination, it's just completely different indoor versus outdoor. And so that is the biggest concern. But I like the idea that you have around region regional bubbles. I know that Adam Silver and the NBA have been openly advocating and continuing to preach that their goal is to bring the season back next year without having a bubble, without having um everybody in one neutral location, but they're hoping that they can have it return with fans in home markets. So that is the goal. But realistically, as we, as we were talking about, and definitely in seeing other sports, I mean, it's concerning to me when you see the way that football and baseball have struggled specifically, um, not soccer as much actually, but football and baseball specifically, that how is that going to translate into an indoor sport? That's my, that's my concern. And so if you're having teams travel, if they're at home and I understand that, you know, the bubble was three months, but again, as you mentioned, it wasn't all the teams. It wasn't the entire season. It was only the end of the season, the seeding games into the playoffs. So to have a season start in a bubble that doesn't mentally work for, for players. I like, I can't imagine an entire season being played in a bubble. How does that, that's not ethical. It's not right to do. What is the word of their families come into all this? So a regional bubble would at least possibly give them the opportunity to not be stuck all in just one neutral site. I'm just trying to think it through out loud, but then maybe they do travel. Like, you know, you play a couple regional games, so to speak, and then you travel to go to the other bubble. Let's say the wizards go travel to the, um, Northwest bubble and they play a couple of teams in that bubble and get a few games out of it. And then the Lakers travel to the Southwest bubble and play a few, you know, like maybe that's the way it works is, you know, you travel and you get a few games out of it. I don't know, but it seems like they're still just trying to keep teams in market. Although I don't know if that's practical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but just make sure what, what, how I look at this, if somebody travels to a different bubble, that's the only team that can travel to that bubble. Do it one at a time instead of funneling mm-hmm. everybody to that bubble. Make sure it's one at a time that another team leaves and goes to a different bubble, so to speak. So something like that. But there are too many different factors involved. Um, I, 
Uh, I really yeah. hope the NBA would reconsider just waiting till the numbers are going down and down and down until they continue to, uh, until they decide to start. But uh, uh, who knows what the NBA, uh, NBA, they could come up with some special formula that we don't even know in order to produce a successful season or tests could just go on the rise. Positive tests can just keep going up. Well, we don't know. We can only assume and make conclusions at this point. Mm-hmm. So much we do not know. So many what ifs, so many, so much uncertainty, so much still up in the air around how the NBA is going to be able to safely return around COVID. Well, we've got plenty more to get into because as you bring up some great points, we've got to talk more around the NBA's return, specifically looking at the way the league has decided to move up the start date, what this means for all the teams, the players, the coaches, the offseason, the draft, how this influences and changes so many moving pieces. Well, Josh, we'll have you back on as we kick off next week's editions of Locked on Wizards, having you back on on Monday. Thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you all for tuning in to another edition of Locked on Wizards. I hope you have an incredible weekend holiday weekend that's right we've got halloween on saturday be safe i don't think anybody should be trick-or-treating but if you are please do so carefully wear that mask trick-or-treat enjoy it but enjoy it safely i hope you have an incredible halloween weekend Halloween weekend have a great halloween weekend yeah let's go with that so i'll see you guys back here for another edition on monday as we kick off our first edition of the week but also the first episode for the month of November. That's insane. Oh, goodness. Time is flying by. 2020 is almost over. So have a great Halloween weekend and a great closeout to the month of October. I'll see you back for a new edition on Monday with me, your host, Renee Washington. Have a good one, guys. Washington out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.